Yeah. All right. Whatever the blank you say. <laughs> I don't like the rule, but you know, <laughs> I say it in everyday waking life, but on here I can't Jojo get me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the raging Cajun, no f bomb. <laughs> Welcome to the Church of Mavis Radio Show. It's Friday night. I've had a lot of medicinal from Florida, and I've had too much caffeine, <laughs> and I'm about to crawl out of my skin and die. But uh, I had a goodies powder. My mom gave me some weird V8 energy drink. And then I did something from a, a medicinal dropper so, <laughs> and some other stuff. But then what a way to start. But uh, we got Jay McNicholas here with us tonight. And then our guest, Denny Sargent. Interview oh. with a werewolf. Tonight, our Halloween special. This month has been crazy with Halloween stuff. Cool. Uh, I had a... Uh, Steven Snyder on last week. He made fun of QAnon stuff. He didn't really make fun of it. But he just got into how crazy it was. Like technically, I don't remember much. I just know it was weird, but mostly it was Wisconsin and all this weird stuff. House of the Rock in Wisconsin. We mostly got into crazy Wisconsin, like death trip kind of stuff. And uh, oh, gosh, we've had a good lineup. Uh, who else did we have, Jay? I'm trying to, rem my memory is like the, already. The first three this month were all wham. So I, I don't, I wasn't oh, on yeah, them. Yeah. I Let remember. me look. I got them right here. Uh, we had Steven Snyder. And uh, let's see next. Oh, Freighter Tenebris, the philosophy of dark paganism. I would suggest listening to that one. That one was crazy. Like he's a really cool dude and great. And I don't, you know, I like the guy, but he is left-hand path and he's not a Satanist, but very similar. And I, you know, when I have those kind of people on, I turn into like this weird Geraldo Rivera or something, which I don't <laughs> even really like Geraldo Rivera, but I like have this Christian schoolboy innocent, I guess, innocence because I was raised with my dad, a preacher in Georgia and all that stuff. But I, I, uh, you know, I love Native American spirituality. I love Norse. I love shamanism. But, you know, I've studied Christianity and I've had some weird experiences with that, with seeing beings of light. So I think there's Christ consciousness, call it the Jedi, call it Nirvana, call it whatever you want. But this dude was basically saying he invokes demons and has an alliance with Lucifer. Wow. And if you look at the YouTube video and the expressions on my face, like it was some good Halloween stuff. And then the first one was Jonathan Hunt, Trick or Treat Tarot, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, Dragon, I got those tarot cards were awesome. Yeah, those are really cool. But tonight is the, the enchilada, the California burrito, the big <laughs> one. Denny Sargent, werewolfmagic.com. How's it going, Denny? Great to have you here. I'm fine. I'm fantastic. In fact, I promise I'm not going to talk about uh, worshiping Satan. I'm going to talk about <laughs> shamanism, animism, Mother Nature, and how I fell into this insanity and ended up getting doing two books. <laughs> two books. Nice. This is the first one. This is the second one. And I'm working on a third one now. And I've got, I'm teaching werewolf magic online now. Through no fault of my own, it was a, I was approached. It's really cool. It's really cool. And when I had that left hand guy on, I asked him tough Jesus questions. I don't really feel the need for that tonight with you, so uh, we're good. Yours is more shamanism and yeah, you know pagan. Norse and yeah, berserka, yeah. berserka, berserka. That's right. I got a bunch of Norse stuff. Well, werewolf, werewolf cults existed throughout all of Western culture. The earliest ones I found were in uh, 
in uh, Greece, and the earliest, earliest is Mesopotamia. And then I've, I have, and I'm a historian, I have a master's degree in ancient history, I'm not messing around. And um, when I fell into all this, I was like, well, where, is it really such a thing? And then I found them all. I have, well, if you saw my first book, I think I sent it to you. I've got a whole, the for a whole first part is just history of werewolves and werewolf cults. And the werewolf cults were people who were shape-shifting. And it's about animism and it's about shamanism. And it's the, we now are left with these sort of Hollywood tropes and these horrible movies of werewolves and, rah, you know, and slicing people, which I love. I'm going to be honest. Me too. <laughs> love them. So, love so, them. When, so right. when were you bitten? <laughs> well, metaphorically, uh, I lost. I had went through a really rough time about five years ago where I lost everything. I lost my house, my wife, my job, everything. Was in complete, in, in complete, at the end of my rope in many, many ways. And uh, I meditate every night, and I was, I lived right near uh, seventy acres of woods. And and every night I'm meditating and trying to work through this this trauma, and it's getting worse and worse. And this uh, wolf spirit showed up in my in my meditation, and I thought I was losing my mind, and I ignored it for a while. And then finally, I I said after weeks of this, I said, "What are you doing here?" And it, it looked at me, and it basically said, um, "I'm here to help you. You called me." And okay, so no. And then at that point, I said, "Well, what do you want me to do?" And it said, "You need to you need to get out of your head. You need to go into the woods, and you need to let your animal self out." Because you live in a repressive culture that has been teaching you since you were born that you're not an animal and animals are wrong and that anything that doesn't fit into a narrow uh, religious or political framework in this country is, is, is evil. And if, if you think that you're not an animal, try, try you know, looking it up, try, try, try doing some research on it. So. What I found out is like we are we are ninety eight percent genetically the same as chimpanzees. We are we are eighty seven percent genetically the same as wolves. We are animals, right? And this is when I when I teach classes, I make everybody say, "I'm an animal," okay? And 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 they always start with, "Well, I'm an animal." You know, it's like, no, no, you're 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 an animal, right? Aren't you guys animals? You were born. You are homo. You're homo sapiens. You're not a you're not a, a, a fluff of cloud, right? And so owning that side to yourself is really our culture doesn't like wildness and craziness and kids that are that are you know that are bad that are kind of wild and run amok. Yeah. But 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 you talk to Native American people, you talk to tribal people. I hung out with shamans from Siberia that came to Seattle a number of times. Legit shamans, not shaman is used a lot nowadays, and it's not a, it's not used correctly and. You know, white people who get a certificate are generally not really shamans. I talked with shamans who were who from the age of four were trained by shamans in, in rural Siberia and, and left their body and shapeshifted and all this stuff. And I, I've hung out and then I hung out with shamans in Guatemala and also in uh, in central Mexico near Oaxaca. And so th this sort of stuff has been very interesting to me. But once I realized what what all this had been throughout our culture, through the berserkers, to the Norse, the Romans, the Greeks, they've been running, they have had very intense, very important werewolf cults of masses of people getting together and letting out their beast and then, and then bringing it back down again. I don't think it's really particularly spiritual. I think it's there in us. We've got the DNA in us. 
It's going to a trance state, just like the shamans and the animists did, and letting it out and letting it take over and shutting down your, what I call your, you know, your upper cortex, your brain and your ego. So I've, it's taken me five years to get like a technique that works. And now I go to, like I went to Starwood. You guys know Starwood? Big festival, 1,500 people. I have heard of it. Yeah, Pagan Festival in, in Ohio. They, they had me do it. I had 200 people at one event. And, and we, through the growling and howling and all the stuff that's in my books, they all went under and they all went feral. I mean, they were running around in, on all fours around the bonfire and howling nice. and growling and didn't want to come back into human consciousness. So it's it's nothing terribly mystic. It's just a bunch of stuff that's been that these people have been using for thousands of years. Well, yeah. Well, one of the fascinating things, too, you know, we do a lot of paranormal. And uh, after I had testicular cancer and my dad died, I had a lot of experiences with UFOs, seeing things in the sky and different types of beings with witnesses. And uh, but one of the fascinating things about uh, paranormal encryptids is there really is a bizarre dogman uh, situation with a lot of cases. And there's serious people that investigate like Linda Godfrey. I've had her on the show and she's like has wrote books about the, you know, uh, Bray, Bray Wolf or whatever yeah, yeah. That, like that. There's some weird town that they had so many werewolf sightings. The sheriff start keeping them in a box and then they start taking them serious, like a weird situation seeing these things. So, and I have a book on Bigfoot, also on shamanism, interviews with medicine people, but it's just weird on a lot of different levels when you bring Absolutely. up and invoke werewolf. I think of Dogman. I've had hunters on tell a story of seeing Dogman face to face and you could hear the fear in his voice and it would raise your, you know, arm hair up. So it's well, just diff fascinating on different, uh, many different subjects. Subjects for sure, layers. I, I think Dogman and Werewolf are exactly the same thing. In fact, um, I, I I read some of her stuff and I've watched a bunch of the Bray the Bray Road Beast of the Bray Beast, whatever it was called. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the the term is interchanged. What's interesting in ancient Greece, they use the term dog and wolf simultaneously. Like that, the words can go back and forth. And it's the same in Rome in ancient Rome. They 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 had uh, they had werewolf cults. Rome was founded by a wolf goddess. Romulus and Remus were, 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 you know, and the big festival they had in Rome. I mean, as I, as I got involved in this, like personally going into the woods and, and, and working on this stuff, I was doing my research because I thought I had no plan on writing a book. None. I thought this was my own psychotherapy and I wasn't going to like write a book. But um, I started doing research and finding the history. And I was like, these are major historians like, like Livy and, and, uh, Patroclus and 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 uh, and Herodotus and and they they wrote constantly about seeing whole towns turn into werewolves for a week at a festival and and in the and in the Celtic world in England and Ireland there's a tribe in Ireland called the Ossaries the Ossary tribe and and Saint Patrick and and the Christians said oh no these people every every year they turn into werewolves for a, for a week. Uh, and then they then they come back. So the question is, what's happening there? Are people just making it up, or are or are they? What are they seeing? What they're seeing is a shamanic ritual of a, a tribal ritual where everyone does certain things with drums and probably psychedelics and, and lots of other things. And then they enter a state of they enter the state of consciousness that I've managed to replicate, which is you shut down your upper brain and you activate your lower brain what Carl Sagan calls 
the animal mind or the, the dragon mind. In other words, you're basically just accessing the beast mind that's been with you from the beginning because every uh, we came from the first DNA. We're this, all the all the animal DNA in the world is in our body and in our group unconscious mind. So it's just a matter of like observing that, seeing how to do it, testing. I it took me four years to figure out what worked with did. Looked at a lot of Norse stuff. There's a lot of very specific Norse magical stuff. How to do it. There's a lot of stuff in different pagan cults. And the thing that freaked me out the most was that witches in Europe that were captured and tortured and burned alive, right? Thousands and thousands of them, right? Yes. 50% of them were accused of being werewolves as well. Wow. So, so this shamanic, this shamanic animist traditions that had come from ancient Greece, that had come from the Norse, that had percolated down into Western Europe and had informed these quote-unquote witches. They were just pagans who were still doing stuff that had been done for hundreds of years, which yeah. is shape-shifting, you know, moving, letting your letting your animal come out to do things. And so it took me five years to research, put it all together, tried it, tried it, tried it, made it, it worked for me. And then I ended up writing this book. And I, I've written probably, I don't know, 20 books, 15, 19 books, um, there are, um, the most important ones are listed on my website, werewolfmagic.com. I write about all kinds of obscure occult stuff. I did not plan to write this book. I thought it was. I thought it would make me look like a nut. <laughs> but I am a nut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Well, uh, I want. I'd like to get more into the to the the Norse aspect, the berserker aspect. If there's more to that, and oh, Jay God. has been up since six a.m. We love oh, the subject matter. He looks really sleepy. It's not from you, so he does that a lot. He works at home. <laughs> I, people, but I was uh, up six too. So <laughs> you and I are like, yeah, <laughs> tired. I'm drinking coffee at you know at dinner. Crazy time. bald, taut, tired heads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like You're the Bob, right. Marley, Bob Marley song, yeah. We're, we're we're like we're like we're like you know it just means that we're our brains are so intense that we just burn the hair right off. That's well, right. if, if That's we go right. like this, we can make a pawn shop sign. Oh my God, you're right. That's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> a pawn shop sign. I don't know. They have the three gold balls, three brass oh, balls. Yeah, yeah. I okay. got it. I got. It. That's very old school. You get that. Yeah. I don't, but okay. <laughs> but uh, the Norse thing, whatever, anything, I, it's not often we get to talk about. It, so I just love to talk about it. We had Evelyn Rysdak on. We've had a few Good. people on it. Good. It's, you know, it's rare, but I'm anything you could tell us Norse. Sure. I can tell. Um, so you've seen the Northman, right? Yes. All right. So the Northman is the coolest movie ever. And I'll tell you what, in terms of what I'm into and what I do, and in terms of this stuff, the, um, so my friends saw it and they said, you have to see the Northman. I was like, oh, it's just another, you know, it's another book. It's an, excuse me, it's another movie of uh, Vikings. They're like, no, 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 no. They literally kidnapped me with a case of beer, brought me to this big TV, sat on either side of me and said, no, you're watching this movie. I'm like, all right, loved the movie, loved it. But it wasn't until they kept saying, wait for it, wait for it. The scene where the shaman is in the cave you remember? And yes. they come and they do this mass initiation to being to being berserkers is what they're doing. And that that is exactly I watched it and I went, holy moly. That is exactly what I researched, is exactly what I found. And 
to a certain degree, it's exactly what I do with, with people and with my group. I have, I have a pack. We get together and do this. And uh, the bowl full of psychedelic stuff and, and the chanting, the, the, the shaman, the way he looked, the amount of the sort of magical stuff he was doing. And a lot of people missed this, and I missed it too. So the hero of that movie, right? And I can't remember his name. But um, you have two choices in, in Viking, Viking magic if you want to be a berserker. So first of all, berserker means better sark. Bear sark means to wear the, the bear skin, right? And that's where, in lots of different cultures, in Rome, in Greece, they refer to wearing the skin. In Latin, it's for the Romans, it was vespellus. It means a skin wearer. So this term has been used a lot. It's very interesting. Way before, you know, Judeo-Christianity and all this stuff. So, so, so bear sark is berserker, and we call them berserkers, but there's two. There's the Beresark, and then there's the Ulfsark. And the Ulf means wolf. And the hero, and I missed this. I've watched the movie twice, and my friend said, you missed it. The, the hero init took, it took both initiations. He And there's a little, so there's one scene where someone says, you're, you took both bear and wolf. You're crazy. In other words, he was wearing the wolf skin and the bear skin, which made him the biggest badass in the entire show. Right. Nice. And so, so that, so that was pretty accurate. And the fact that he would, he would go into that trance state, you saw them go into it. And then they just did not care. Like they climb up stuff. They shouldn't have been able to it's climb up. Brutal. Took out, took out a hundred people. They shouldn't have been able to do because they had suppressed it's, and now it's not something I train people to do, and I don't plan to do it. Come but, on now, let's have the facts here. <laughs> I'm just they, kidding. <laughs> they shut down their ego and all that stuff that makes us confused. I mean, if you think about it, right now you're thinking about 16 things besides what you're doing right this minute. You're yeah. thinking about what you did yesterday, what you're going to do tomorrow, what am I going to have for dinner, what am I going to do? Your brain is multi-processing, which means you're not really focusing on anything. When, when you do the kind of trance state stuff I do in, in Werewolf Magic, you shut this down completely. You literally visualize it and you and you work. You let your brain sort of shut down. You let your animal self come up and you act. You keep activating down here so that you're in a pure animal state. And animals aren't planning what they're going to do tomorrow. They're not thinking about taking photos. They're not thinking about who called. They're just existing. And once you get in that state, and it takes... Takes my group about an hour to two hours to get into that trance state of just existing as an animal. All of a sudden, your senses become much more potent because you're not busy wasting all your 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 drive. You know, your computer drive up here. Yeah, you're just existing and, and experiencing things. And this is what the berserkers did. See, they would get into that single-minded animal state, and they're not. They didn't worry about climbing over the fence. They didn't worry about getting hurt. They didn't, they just, and went for it, right? And that's, I mean, not, I don't do that, but I, I get into that state of mind. I think you just did it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Jay, if you haven't seen The Northman, you need to see it. It's by the guy that did uh, The Witch. I wrote it there. The Witch, he did The Witch, which is really good. He did uh, The Lighthouse with yeah. Robert Pattinson and William Defoe for him in The Lighthouse and Mermaid Sex, and it's black and white. He's about to do Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah, Nosferatu. <laughs> this dude crazy. makes crazy movies. That witch was nuts, man. He, he's brilliant director. 
like yeah. through the uh, Robert like, Eggers or something. Yeah, that's I think I saw the witch. I'm not sure, but I think I saw it. But I did write it down. So I'll, I'll was look, there a I'll bunch look. of naked chicks at the end floating around? I don't remember what I had for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that Haxon movie. It's supposed to be some weird black and white. Like oh, it's a wonderful movie. movie. Yeah, look, I've been, I have it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I have. It. I think it's on YouTube now. Yeah, that's I'll a Swedish nineteen. What is it? Twenties. Uh, silent. Music. It has sound yeah. and every like music. I guess. Very right? cool. Very cool movie. Yeah, I love all that stuff. What can I say? Well, so. me, I've been called a vampire since junior high. And I don't try to do it. I don't know what it is. Maybe because I'm pale, but I have a Dracula and I have a wolf. That's by the same artist. I got it when my dad died and I went nuts and started doing drugs. My dad told me if you ever did drugs, he'd shoot you. When he died, I like turned into a little Scarface for a couple of years. Now I'm not, of course. I'm just a chubby, uh, peaceful, laid back person that uh, is just on the weed. But anyway, my point is what happened is I went through chemo and I read those Anne Rice books and I kind of like grasped onto them. Maybe, you know, I was, it spread to my stomach and lungs. So, and I also said a prayer during that time to be a superhero because I was in the comics and stuff. And, uh, and then of course, a few later, a few years later, my dad died and I started to have all these experiences, but something about grabbing onto those books and imagination and I got, you know, into Dracula. I read that and all kinds of vampire books. But when I went back to school, I was pale and wore black and everyone called me a vampire. And I was bald. So I was probably like, I got called Powder, you know, that movie with a little dude that does electricity and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though that's a good movie, but it's by a pedo dude. That same guy that did Jeepers Creepers, unfortunately. The oh, guy that made those oh. movies is a pedo. But Powder's really good. But, uh, but it's weird, those spirits, you know, and... Uh, and in some things, I like that Francis Ford Coppola, he turns into a werewolf. Yeah, yes. Well, that's, so that's kind of like new in the game, isn't it? I mean, yeah, they've always yeah. been able to do a wolf, right? Yeah. The, the, um, if you read the original, he actually, it, it's actually clear in the, in the original book that he turns into a half wolf, half man. Um, and he has power over animals and stuff like that. But uh, have you read, have you read Ed Rice's werewolf books? Yes, yes, yes. There's, I love those books. Those books are really fun. They're really good. I, those I have the, those. Those are great badass werewolves. I just love it. Yeah, I was, <laughs> it sucks that she croaked. I've been watching Interview of the Vampire, the new show on AMC. It's good, but they definitely, you know, the male-on-male stuff, I understand that that needs to be there a little bit, but they take that to the extreme. But I'm still, I, I still like it. I haven't but watched it. Louis and Lestat, they don't went gay porn up in there <laughs> pretty much but it's still good it's but anyway good. new subject <laughs> but, but, but i still enjoy it they're doing Monsters. witches of mayfair yeah yeah that's fun yeah that's fun too yeah i wish they'd do the werewolf series but i was sad that she passed so i love her books good. she wrote those books when her daughter died from cancer so oh, to read them and have that, that, you know, experience. I actually shared that with her an email once because I was going to interview her, but she couldn't or something, or she only wanted to do like some little weird, like 10 minute weird thing or something. Uh, and something happened, we didn't do it, but it was just weird that her daughter and all that inspired those through tragedy and stuff like that. But uh, so uh, the werewolf spirit. Uh, if you can, I ask, are, can, I ask, can I ask you a question? Sure. All right. Have, I don't know how much have you read of this one or this one. I've read the all of the second one, and I'm working on the first one. You gave me You're the working first on one. This last. One? 
Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finally got it too. Yeah, I'm glad you got it. Yeah, okay. So you have some idea. If you read this, if you read this one, you have some idea about what's what's what I'm doing and how it's how it's happening. So yeah, this is so this one came out because um I I did this and I didn't think anything of it. I didn't expect it to do well. But this book has sold way more than any of my other 18, 17, 18 books. And I this is maybe, I don't know, maybe the 20th podcast I've been on. I've never I'd never been on a single podcast before. So I have, and I'm teaching this online and I get a slew of people writing me constantly. So this, the question I have is like, why is this, why is this of anything? Why is this triggering people and having people like, Oh, I know. And, and do it. And it's because we're so repressed. We're so repressed that the religion we're born into and the culture we're born into and the politics we're born into are shoving us. And especially the, 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 the business, the business environment is like your job is to be fit into your culture and 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 get married and do this and do that and work and work and work and work and work until until you die and you make money for people who, you know, take your money. So anyway, and, and so then the question is, well, then what's what's the point and why are people so upset? Why are people taking so many um, medications that are so and why why is depression and and what I found out with this is that going into a trance state where you're dropping all of that stuff that we've been programmed with and just hanging out as, as an animal and going into the woods and experiencing life as it's happening at that moment, you come out of it and then the next day when you're when you're when you're processed it, feel a whole lot better. I literally look 10 years younger than I did when I started this. It's nature. That's what helps it's with nature. the earth. Everything's about nature. Everything's about nature. Everything we, I always, when we get together as a group, we say, when we put our hands on Gaia on the earth and we say, to you, from you, all things. Because we get everything from nature. And if, and by going into the animal state, we can immediately hook into the ecosystem because our brain says, no, you can't do those things. You can't, you can't, you know, see these things. You don't have paranormal activities. Our brain is so busy with logic and all this stuff. But when we're in that state, we can do whatever, we can do amazing things, just like the berserkers. I've been out wandering around naked in woods with a pair of shoes on. I learned to put a pair of shoes on if you're going to run around naked in the woods. <laughs> I, I've snuck up on deer at night and grabbed them. I've snuck up on, on animals. I, I was in a completely feral state where I could see my way through the woods. I had night sight and all these things. It's not paranormal. It's just you shut down all this stuff and your animal senses take over. I think it's very, I think it's very real and logical stuff. And so I started, I didn't plan to do a book on uh, a book about groups, but wolves are pack people. Humans are pack people. We are pack. We, we, we need each other. We, you, you, you take a human being and put them alone in the woods for 10 years and they, they go whack. They go nuts. They go yeah, nuts. Let's hear Jay why he thinks people like the book so much. I know he's about to say something. Oh, why, Jay? Uh, well, you got to look at the, at the public. More yeah. people like dogs than other animals. And I, I've got experience with eight, eight, eight and a half years at the world's largest or the U.S. largest uh, home improvement center. And I've moved to the, the other home improvement center. And in my eight and a half years at my first job, People bring in dogs every day, and I was on the safety team, so I don't I don't particularly care for it. We're not a pet store, right? And we have on the doors it says no pets. You know, if you have if it's a service animal, it's a different thing. But these people bring their dogs, their pet dogs, into a hardware store, 
where it, I feel is dangerous because we're driving forklifts around, heavy equipment, but all of the cashiers and all the girls who, who like dogs, they bring in dog treats for the people who bring their dogs in so they can, you know, get close to it and pet the dog. Uh, so the reason why a werewolf book and now a second werewolf book is doing so good is because more people are into dogs than they are into cats. So in those eight and a half years, I've seen two people, two, bring in a cat. Right. One guy brought in a parrot. Everybody else brings in a dog. So the bulk of the United States are dog people. Yeah, you can't yeah, get away yeah. from them. <laughs> Hey, come here. He's got a dog. <laughs> I got it's like 14 dog. dogs here <laughs> and a pig. 14? At least. Wow. It's this a long is, story. This is Faunus. Very pretty. What is that? That's a French dog. What He's kind? A He's a poodle. It's a French poodle. Very pretty. I just, I just don't I don't cut him up funny with balls and stuff. He's What's super up, good, bro? Right? He's a good boy. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> no, Barking. I know you're a good boy. Yeah. So, and I, I think he said, Denny, that he wants pizza. So order up a pizza. <laughs> he, he needs that. What's funny about him is he's he's a member of our pack, right? Like I have a group of people that I didn't plan to do packs. I didn't plan to do any of this. And people came to me and said, I want to try this. I've read your book and I want to try it. And I said, all right, come over and I'll we'll, walk, we'll work through it. I now have a small group where we get together every full moon. We do this. We do. We do. We, we, we go outside. We have a, we have a fire. I have woods. We hang out and we, we do this, these, these very simple rituals. We shut down our speaking. We do growling. Howling, rocking, everything you saw in in the in the um, uh, from the Norse, everything you saw in, in the the North. We so Seder, which is Norse magic. I took a lot of. I, I went and looked and tried to find all the pieces of the animistic stuff that people did in Rome and 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 and, I, and in uh, in the Norse stuff and in the Greek stuff. And so we do a lot of rocking and shaking and sometimes drumming, and we go into a trance state. Um, yeah, and then you know, we if it, whatever's legal, we might do some of that as well. And, and I'm in Washington State, so kind of everything is okay here. <laughs> and uh, we go into a, it takes a while to get into that state. And then once we do that, we sort of run around and howl, and we shut we shut down and we don't talk. My dog, for six months, my dog sat on the side and watched us, just like this. What are those idiots doing? <laughs> They're like, I don't know. It's, it's pretty doggy, but it's kind of weird. And then one day, one night, he watched us and he said, okay, I'm in. And he and he jumped down and he came, came over and he sat in the circle with us. And now he does it every single time. <laughs> we'll all stand in a circle and we'll start going. And we, start, we start growling and we start. Like I've, I've opened up my entire chest and I can, I can like for hours and we get this rumble and it just it takes you into the state of consciousness and my our dog my, the dog is right there we we run around and he runs around we sit he sits he's our so he's a, one of our members of the pack it's hilarious the dogs can do that cats cats sit and watch they're yeah. like they're like no cats are more cerebral that's for sure yeah. they're like too much work that's too much work <laughs> I'm, not running, I'm not running around in a circle, you know. <laughs> I'm not howling. I'm gonna go sit down. But yeah. <laughs> so that's what this second book is. It's like so many people came to me and said, "Well, how does this work in a group?" And I said, "All right." And I had a bunch of stuff. And uh, 
I am, the first book is still doing me. In fact, the first book is out of print. It's on its, I think, 10th printing. I mean, it's insane. I've written a bunch of books. I've never had a book do this well. And uh, I'm, I'm hitting something. I'm going to say this. I'm hitting a chord somewhere because this stuff, and I'm getting people writing me. I have a Facebook page, too. That's right. My howling is so good now. <laughs> so one thing, I, I'm just kind of skipping around the chapters, but one that's sure. catching my mind right now, werewolf magic with the dead. What can you yeah, tell yeah, us yeah. about that? Right. Is it necromancy? Yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no. Here's the thing. And, and this shocked me. Again, as I fell into this, this was all stuff I was writing for me. I wasn't planning to write a book. I went to PantheonCon and I met the, the acquisition editors of Weiser and Llewellyn. And I had five proposals. And my friends made me put together a proposal for this, even though I thought it was bunk. I thought there's no way they're going to want it. And that's what they wanted. Oh, we don't. Oh, no, no, no. <gasps> Werewolf magic. I'm like, all right. That this is obviously yeah. the bell of some kind. Llewellyn so, is amazing. They've been hooking me up with company. so many interviews. And I just want to say thank you to them. They are freaking like the, the interviews have been so unique. We have like Greek witchcraft coming on with like they, they send us all this cool Greek stuff. Gods, too. <laughs> Jason Mankey and ta uh, the girl. Yeah, that, oh, Astrid, I know. I yeah, I know a lot of those people. Yeah. And, and I told them to send you a book. I asked them. I asked, I asked Marcus to, to send you a book. He sent it the next day. They've They're been great. nothing, nothing but helpful and kind mm -hmm. and wonderful. And and I've been sending books out to people who really wanted to do it and doing workshops and doing book signings. And I'm just, I'm like, this was not what I had planned to do. So I'm sorry, coming back to what we were talking about. Necromancy. Oh, uh, about necromancy. All right. So when I started doing this research on myself, for myself, I was like, I kept finding stuff about werewolves and the dead. And I'm like, what? What is that? You know? I mean, vampires, I can kind of see the, the, the myth in mythology, but, well, it gets interesting. So what I found out is that in Egypt, you know the, you know the Egyptian god Anubis? Yeah. Okay. Anubis, they say, is a jackal, right? No. Is, it, but is, a jackal is also a form of dog, even if he's not a jackal. It's, it, but but the, the newest stuff that just came out, and I actually cite I've got the citation in here is that it wasn't a jackal because jackals weren't around at that time. It was what they call a golden wolf. It's a, it's, it looks like a jackal, but it was a wolf. And there's another Egyptian guy that looks just like Anubis called Wepowet. And Wepowet was a wolf, a different kind of wolf. And so then I started going, huh. Then I started checking out, for example, Etruscan culture. Their god of the underworld, wolf, right? Oh. And, then, and then the Roman. The, the different different Roman guys, <coughs> wolves, right? Yes. Now, who's super popular now is Hecate. You guys have probably heard tons he about Hecate. Hecate, yes. Okay. Who is that again? How do you spell it? H-E-K-E-T-E. -E. It's either... It's oh, either, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's a lady, right? Yeah, it's one of the most important... A dark right, lady. One of the most popular goddesses out there. Yes, yes. She's often shown with three heads, often three dogs, originally three wolves. And she was one of the one, she was one of the goddesses that helped guide people to the underworld. Found this one like I'm a historian, so I found this one historian who said we are virtually certain that that Hecate was also Cerebus or Caribus, the dog that guarded the underworld. Yes, who had three who has three dog heads, but were originally three wolf heads. 
So, so there's been this connection probably all the way back into prehistory. We're talking prehistorical stuff. We're talking about shamanic animistic times where there was we didn't have we don't have any writings uh, from that time that that the dead and wolves have been connected and a really interesting historian said we think it's because like the egyptians would bury long before the egyptian culture became big that egyptians would bury their dead in the desert and then they would watch wolves come out of the desert dig up dig up the bodies and carry them off into the sandstorms you know out into the like like the sort of mystical thing they would play. And then the story came up they were guiding people to the hall of Amenta. They were guiding they're guiding people there. The Ainu, which is in Japan, another culture, I love this stuff, right? They they believe that when you die, a dog or wolf guides you through the underworld to keep you safe to the to the place where the, the honored dead are taken. There's also Native American tribes that, that have a connection between the wolf or dog taking you into the right place in the spirit world. So the more I dug on this, the more I'm like, everywhere I looked, I found like wolves help people get get to get across to the spirit world. I just thought it was kind of fascinating. And so some of the some of the rituals I have in there are Norse. You saw probably saw the one about Norse. That's pulled directly from um, from a Norse magical stuff from a uh, uh, some of the ancient books that were taken to Iceland. The the um what do I want to say the Eddas the Eddas so the one where you you draw runes on a on a on a, a blade and you stare at the blade and you go to a crossroads that's right out of pure Norse and I found the same in in, uh, in Egyptian and I found the same in Roman I found the same in Greek once I started doing research I was like all this stuff is interconnected and these people these people the people in the ancient world were dumb. They were trading and working with each other all across the ancient world. And we, we've gotten to this weird Victorian mindset that, oh, no, the Greeks never traveled and the Romans never traveled. They were all working those. So, so wolves have always been involved in being what we call psychopomps. They help you get across. Um, and Odin, of course, is the Odin is the lord of the wolves and shapeshifters. And you know how the you remember the Northmen since we, we started with the Northmen. Yes. Do you remember when the Valkyrie came down and took took him up? The, yes. Uh, yes. What she was what she was riding? Fenris. A wolf. No, Fenris is the bad wolf. They were riding wolves though. They were riding the good wolves. Fenris is like the is uh, Loki's wolf, right? Who yeah. Is it? Fen I'm seeing something. Fenrir, the Binding of the Dreadful Wolf, son of Loki. I yeah. pulled up a YouTube video. That's if you heard sound, that was by accident. But yeah. is yeah. that the same as Fenris, Fenrir, the same thing? Yes, Fenrir and Fenris are the same. Yeah. Okay. And he's, got, he's got eight legs, doesn't he? The Fenris wolf. No, no, the no Odin's horse has horse eight. has the eight legs. Yeah. What's the story with the binding of him, though? Do you know that story? Like they binded yes, him. I do. <laughs> hey, if it's mythology and ancient history, I'm your man. You just asked me. I'm going to tell you. So. Yeah, the, um, how what happened with Fenrir was, and I, actually, there's a lot of sympathy for Fenrir because Fenrir was a was a child of Loki and a giant, and there was a lot of that messing around in those days, and, uh, <laughs> and, and 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 so, but he grew and grew and grew, and he was he was beloved by the gods, but he grew so big that Odin the gods started to fear him. And they decided they needed to bind him, and but he was too big to, to, to jump on. So Tyr, who was one of the gods, 
Uh, he was a god of he was he was a, a god of intelligence and of, of of battle and a lot of things. He volunteered to to work it out with him, and he he said he said I want to chain you. I need to chain you up for a while while we do something, and then we'll let you go. And Femur said, I don't believe you. He said, I'll put my I'll put my arm in your mouth so you know that I'm honest. And and they chained him up, and then they refused to let him go. And Fenrir bit his arm off, okay. which is why which is why uh, Tear and the the rune for Tear is like an arrow, like this. The Tear is always shown with, with with only one hand. And at the at, at, at the very end of days, when when you know when uh, when Ragnarok happened, Tear and Tear and uh, Fenris would battle each other to the end. Along and Odin would be involved. And it's interesting how Bigfoot and uh, I guess Dogman stuff. A lot of people say it's from the Nephilim offspring. You know the mutants oh. and stuff like that with the, the flood and all that. But it's just interesting. Loki. I mean, sounds like he shagged a giant. Well, he did. Well, there was a lot. Of that. There was a lot of that in ancient mythology. I mean, yeah. Well, there's also Loki became a female horse and was impregnated. If you don't know that. Man. Look it up. It's very interesting. It's weird. Uh, no, there's, there's some weird stuff in the Norse mythos. All, all mythology. I mean, look at Greek mythology. I mean, who didn't have sex with who? I mean, it was like, you know, mythology is pretty, the ancient world was pretty off tracks. So go ahead, Jay. The, the, the weird thing is that what you mentioned earlier is that you, you've, you've, you've gone back and found all these connections between the, the Western world. Uh, if you go back far enough, everything comes from one or another origin. Like, you know, in Italy, you know, you, you see that on the menus, they have that little, like it like, makes like little L's, that little border around the edge of the, the paper menus or, there were, or the placemats. That comes from Japan in 12,000 BCE. Oh, interesting. It, yeah, it, it traveled from Japan across the Aleutian land bridge <laughs> down the western side of the Americas and then back over to the Polynesian Islands back to Japan and then made it worked its way across the Americas and into Europe. Interesting. And the people were called the Hoan people, which in Japanese stands for the rope people. So that rope border comes from Japan. Um, even more interesting, and I don't know if you heard heard about this, is it doesn't have anything to do with wolves, but you go back to the Greek and the Roman mythos, so you got the story of Apollo and his seven daughters, and uh, and uh, Zeus is after them, and he's trying to Zeus is trying to mate with Apollo's children. And, and Apollo doesn't want that to happen. So every time Zeus gets close, he protects him somehow. And eventually he moves him up into the stars and they become the Pleiades. That exact that. same story is in Native American mythos. Right. It's the great bear chief is trying to get the great uh, Indian chief's daughters. And that's the story of Devil's Tower. And when they when the great bear chief gets too close, the, the you know, or the great bear god gets too close, the chief raises the devil's tower to bring his daughters away. And the, the bear tries to climb up. And when he gets to the top, the, the, the chief raises his children into the stars and becomes the Pleiades. How does two cultures that don't have any interaction with each other have the exact story? Well, the exact you know, story. The names you know, are different, but the story is the same. There's actually at least two other mythologies that have almost exactly the same story. Yep. Yeah, it's very well. I, I'm a big fan of Carl Jung. I think we have a group unconscious mind. I think these, these, these things come through that. And and the other thing is that people say, well, you know, these cultures could never have met. We now know. We now know, okay, like they just they just dug up, they just dug up tomb, a tomb in India. I'm a big fan of Indian culture. I'm a I'm an initiated. Well, which is good, because I have a question for you about that. <laughs> so 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 what what we know is like 
we used to think, oh, they, these cultures never inter intermix. No, that's not true at all. The, the, they, they've been when they dig up a tomb in India, they found Viking stuff, Sumerian stuff, other stuff from Mesopotamia. They found a Buddha, okay, in in a Norse in a North a, a Norse uh, burial in 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 Sweden. I mean, these people were moving around. They were talking. They were changing the magic that they were doing in terms of, for example, shape shifting is what I'm 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 focused on. But that's that's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like I traveled in Morocco and I found every place I've ever been. I lived in Japan for four years, by the way, in Tokyo. And every culture I've been in has shape shifting, except uh, uh, you get outside of the Judeo Christian sphere. You go into places like China and, and India and, and Japan. They believe in spirits and they believe that people can can go into a trance state and shift into something and shift into something else. So if you watch anime, you see Japanese people turning into Inari, and Inari is the fox spirit. Urutaraman, right? Yeah, exactly. Ultraman. They're 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 they're, they're Mickey Mouse. Their Disney World is Ultraman, nineteen sixty six. Ah, right. A guy yeah. who's killed by a a, a a a giant space policeman. Right. And because he he's a good guy, he doesn't want to kill. He doesn't want Hayata to die. He gives him the beta capital says, here, we'll share life together. And when you need that. me, push this button and I'll come down and I'll kill the monster. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. In, it was interesting. Japan really actually opened my eyes because I went to all the Shinto shrines. I studied Shinto. I went to a lot of the festivals. I was there for four years. My kid was born there. And uh, I, there's the, the, the wolf or werewolf god is Okami. And you can go to the shrines and there he is. And Okami, very interesting. Okami means great spirit. Mm -hmm. And and you talk talking to people, you know, like it's the wolf spirit of big spirit in, in, in Japan. And they said, Oh yeah, he's one of the first important gods or spirits that came and, and gave us all this sort of stuff that we do. So I mean you can whatever mythos you want to go into, you're gonna find stuff like this. Um, but but shape shifting you you can uh, the earliest werewolf I found is forty thousand years old. And it's a wow. cave painting in Portugal. Cave painting in Portugal where you can see it's clearly a wolf head, a human a human body with, with you know, a thing that makes it quite clearly human. And, and it's got a spirit. And, and they call it the werewolf. And, and this idea of shifting into different as to taking all the aspects or the mental, the mental focus of, of an animal spirit, this is what they did to survive. And the shamans I talked to from Siberia, and I hung out with them from Siberia, they said, look, my job is to find deer and, and elk for my tribe. And I do that by going, by, by going into a trance state, leaving my body with, with the help of my, my animal spirit and finding where the food is and coming back and telling my tribe because if they don't find it, they we die. will die, yeah. right? And so... So the, I mean, shamanism and, and, and early animism, all of the shape shifting stuff is about survival. And if you look at the Norse turning into the berserkers, they did that because they were maybe smaller tribes that needed to defend themselves, and they had to find a way to bring out their animal to defend themselves. So this, none of this is particularly. What do I want to say? It's not particularly um, strange or unusual. It is from our point of view because we're, we're brainwashed in a certain way. And we've, we've been inculcated with certain religions and, and whatnot that we see that there's heaven and hell and there's God and the devil and everything else is not real. But, but, but the reality is that nature is the true divinity as far as I can tell. Like everything comes from nature. And what I found with the werewolf magic stuff is that 
if which shocked me more about any of this when I go when, when I go into these trans states out in nature, all of a sudden I plug into nature. It's like sticking my finger in a light socket. When I shut up, when I shut up my, my ego and my brain, and I just I accept my animal self and let it come out, all of a sudden nature opens up to me. It's like, oh, you're one of us now. Gaia says, okay, you can you can I can connect with you. You can connect with me because you're one of my children. You're an you're an animal. I the universe created you to be an animal with other animals. And you talk to like I talk to Native Americans, right? Or you can talk to Native Americans and they. The, and other tribal people in Thailand and other places that I've been, they all refer to animals as people. Like, like we are human people, they are animal people. We go into the woods, we honor the tigers, we honor the deer. We kill the deer, but we say thank you for the meat, thank you for giving us your, 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 your life. And we honor them, and that way they keep coming back. And we don't, we don't overhunt them, because mm -hmm. then we won't have any food next year. And you talk to tribal people who are living in, in wherever you are, and I've been to lots of countries, that, that they know their ecosystem is fragile. And they know that if they muck it up, they're going to starve. They're going to die, yeah. We, whereas we have forgotten the basic rule, which is you don't, you don't poop where you eat, and you, and you keep the ecosystem clean and open because it's your body and it's your food, and we're killing ourselves. We're destroying our environment. We're destroying ourselves. We're, our bodies are full of chemicals. I mean... It, it, so and I, when I go into the state where I'm just simply animal self, I can feel it. I can feel it. I can work. I mean, I start to see and, and deeply know that we've really missed the boat. You know, we've we're, we've disconnected ourselves from nature. We have a we have a we have books, holy books that say, no, God gave you control over the world. Animals don't have have souls. Animals don't matter. You can destroy anything you want. It doesn't matter because you're in control. And the reality is we're not. You know, we don't get to say what we get with what nature happens. We don't get to destroy nature without getting really a bad blowback. And that's what's happening now. So part I didn't really fall into the sort of environmental view of it until I started doing this deeper and deeper and more and more and realizing that that we if we don't reconnect with our ecosystem, if we don't reconnect with our own animal self, own it, that we are part of nature, we're, we're in big trouble. So, I mean, that's sort of the, that's sort of the fun downer side of what I do. Yeah. Mostly we howl and have a Well, definitely the way things seem in this world, it seems very apocalyptic from the COVID crap and everything else and now putin threatening to blow us up every day and all that it's just definitely crazy it's crazier it is crazy but you know nature will survive gaia will survive yes the question is will our species survive probably we'll, not we'll be gone long before this planet even destroys itself by oh, exactly. it won't even be the planet that destroys itself it'll be the sun when the sun goes nova in exactly 50, right thousand sixty thousand years we won't even jay, be here jay you are right that's it gaia will be around but and, and and they'll just be other species. Yeah. But but if our species doesn't get clear with with how to how to be honorable and how to connect with our own ecosystem, and that's probably the greatest thing that happens when we when my group goes into a deep trance state, we all of a sudden the trees light up. We can feel the Earth Mother. We can invoke Gaia. And we feel the energy fill us. We all of a sudden are open to all this stuff that our brain our, our brain says no 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 that's a bunch of crap you can't do that you can't access energy from gaia no 
you know, you have to, you know. You have yeah, to, I disagree. You can. <laughs> of course you can. And 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 when people start stop chattering up here and just simply feel, I mean, then you you're there. I mean, you talk to tribal people anywhere. You they're not afraid of the animals. They're not afraid of the wilderness. We are. Like, why are why are Americans, why are Westerners, terrified to go into the wilderness? Oh, there's bears, spiders, Ooh. and bears, and, and tigers, and what is it? What does she say? T- uh, Lions I, and tigers and bears. Oh my! Oh my! Exactly. That, I love that's it. Why. They're they're deadly afraid of whatever it is they're afraid of. And, you know, I, and I, I call it the Indiana Jones bane. Every one of us has an Indiana Jones monster that's their bane. Indiana Jones is a snake. His father's is the rat. His son is is monkeys or spi- or scorpions. 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 Uh, yeah. Mine is spiders. I hate spiders, but I still like to go out in the woods. Yeah. Uh, but but the thing is, and you're absolutely right. If you actually go out into the woods, you can connect to nature in ways that you never thought possible. Now, this may sound like way out there in left field, as I'm not a shaman and I, I don't know how to do shamanistic stuff. But I'm not a shaman and, 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 I, and I, I figured this out purely from selfish means. But my friends and I would go out to Great Falls to to smoke weed in high school or just out after high school, and it would be windy. You ever try to light a cigarette or a bowl when it's windy, the flame goes out. So I would concentrate and go, and I would think about the wind. Stop winning, stop winning, stop being windy. And as soon as, like three times I'd think that, the wind would stop just long enough for me to light it. And I'd pass on, and then my friends couldn't light it because the wind came back. I'm like, just think about it. Think about the wind going away, and it'll stop. And they never could get to get it. I'm convinced that I can control the wind for selfish means. Well, I think... So in, in my book, I talk about the wildness, the weird, and the way as being the three most important powers that are surrounded. The wildness is the, the sheer energy of, of nature. Once you go into it, if you shut your brain down and get rid of your freaking cell phone and, and just exist all of a sudden and you breathe and you're open to it, you know you suddenly feel this incredible energy coming through you, right? The weird is the and this is this is a Viking term, this is a Norse term. The weird is the interconnectedness of everything in nature. And when I go into a trance state, I can literally see it. What you're talking about in terms of like getting the wind to shift, you're not making it shift. You're simply tied into the weird and are, are sort of bringing that to the, to the you know, you're, you're like, I want this, I want this wind to sort of settle down and just, you're just moving things a little bit in a, in an unconscious way to make things happen. I mean, so, I mean, when we go in, when, and I'll tell you, when we go into a deep trance today, the, the deeper we are, the more magic we can do without thinking twice about it. Because, you know, all right, I did, I did a, big, a big group in, 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 at Starwood, 200 people, huge stone circle, big bonfire, tiki torches. I was terrified. I'd never, I'd never worked with that many people before with this. And when I, found, when I found out from my small pack and from other packs I've worked with, and this big pack, is that the more people are there, the faster they go under. Just like, just like the Viking, that Viking movie. Just like the the Norsemen. You get a bunch of people together, and 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 there may be some other substances that might be involved, and and that help kind of click them over. People go under, and I had two hundred people go under like that. And the minute that happened, and we were howling and growling and no talking. Once we're into that state, no talking, because the minute you say this language that I'm using right now. I'm using six different, I teach linguistics and methodology and pedagogy, right, in university. I teach really straight stuff in university. But there are six different areas of your brain that you're utilizing when you're just learning, to, when you're saying words. 
because you have to come up with an idea and then it has to, I can give you the whole thing, but it's not worth it. But the bottom line is when we're going into transit, one of the things I realized very early was you have to shut up and you can't speak English. So what I have in my book and you guys have read is we use howling and growling and like up howling. You know, we give, we're, we're offering, we're, when we, we're bringing it down, we're like, oh, and growling. We banish, we don't use pentagrams and we don't talk. We, how we banish our circle is we, we get into a bear stance like this and we go, and we do it nine different directions, all of us. And that scares the crap out of anything else that's around energetically. We don't have to like say, oh, be gone, all blah, blah, blah. No, we just go, and it's gone. You know, that's how we banish. So everything we do is primal and everything we do is, is primordial language. We get into that state. Then we can interconnect with, with, the, with the ecosystem. And then we can do things like make the winds, like without thinking. Like we're not, we're not up here anymore. We're like, we're like trying to light it and we'll just be like, you know, and it'll stop and we'll do it. Or we'll light a candle and it started to go out and we all stand around and we're like, mm, it stops. <laughs> and we're not thinking about this and we're not talking about it. We're just like existing, you know. And it's really potent. The best part is, I'll tell you two things that are kind of interesting. One is that the next day we go into this, we're in this trance state for maybe four hours. And then we finally come out of it and we're, we're always sad to come out of it. And then we, we come out of it and, we're, and we're, we're good. And then everybody goes home. And then the next day we check in. Well, no matter how horrible your week has been, and I've had a torn cartilage and I have kidney stones and I'm dealing with this stuff and that. I've got so much stuff going on. That's, but once I go into that werewolf magic stuff, I'm no longer thinking about anything. All that stress is gone. It's gone. I dump it. The next day, I feel 100% better. And all of us do. We check in. We're like, hey, how are you feeling? We're like, I feel great. <laughs> I feel totally great. Because 90% of my problems are here. Mm-hmm. And they're not real. Oh, I'm, oh, I have to pay a bill. Oh, I might get upset. About, this might be a problem. Oh, I have to do this for work and I forgot. Think about it. 90% of the stuff you worry about, you're stressed about, is not real. It hasn't happened yet. Right? Mm-hmm. It hasn't happened. So, so it's just, it's just stuff that's clogging your head. Animals don't worry. My dog's, my dog, my dog's laying on his back with his feet up in the air right now, hoping I feed him. And that's about as far as he's going to go. Right. Mm-hmm. And we get into that state. We get in a state of like lazing around or like, oh, we just like hang out. And, and then, and then we come out of it and then we're like, oh, we have to be human again. That's terrible. Yeah. Adulting sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. And we need that. But, you know, you talk to people from other cultures and, and like they go into that, they go in, they, they walk into the woods and they immediately go into that state of like, no, these animals are all part of my life. They're my friends. They're people I know. They're, I have stories about all of my myths about all of them in my culture. So and there was something else I was going to say. No, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm on a roll. I haven't had, I haven't had a drop of anything, just some coffee. Yeah, well, that, nice. That's enough though. I've, I've had a huge big cup of coffee. Uh, but there, there were two things I did want to ask you about because uh, we've already we talked about some movie stuff, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, early in the show, you mentioned Western cultures and, and the similarities between werewolf stories from, I, I'm just guessing, Central and, and, and Eastern Europe. But you also said you like India. So on the yeah. Eastern side, their werewolf is called the Rakshasa. No. How different or how similar is that to 
Okay. No. European. No. So I, I'm I'm a, I'm actually a student of tantra and, and Indian and Indian culture. Rakshasa is a demon, is a demonic form. It's not. I've heard people connect werewolf in that, but it's not. That's not real. And in fact, they don't really have a werewolf trope in, in Indian mythology. But I've I've seen in books where they refer to you know the Rakshasa as a, as a werewolf, but it's not. A, I've it's seen known. it as a tiger. Before. It's a tiger usually. Yeah. yeah. It's a demon. It's a demon. Yeah. It's an asura. That that is a particularly vicious kind of demon. Yeah, a tiger is more likely. In D and D. Yeah, yeah. In, oh, in D and D. Oh, well, you're bringing me back now, man. Don't get Jay started on that, buddy. Oh, no, I love you. <laughs> you I too, like you too. I, I know. D &D I, I used to. I used to DM in uh, high school, but I miss nice. it. The only way to get it now is games, like video games. But there is online stuff I wouldn't mind looking into. What about uh, White Wolf? Any of you do? Any I like it. I like it. I know the, the apocalypse. I've never played it, but I know the game. Like I have Bloodline, that PC game, Bloodlines. That's really good. Vampire yeah, that's all right. Werewolf the Apocalypse is the best. I yeah. used to, my friends would come and we would do Werewolf the Apocalypse, and we'd sit around and we'd be like, and have so much fun. Yeah, it was that's really fun. great. I my like friend. White Wolf. I like White Wolf. Yeah, I like him a lot. I like that stuff a lot. It's really fun. So let's see what else can we talk about because I can talk about oh India. There is a there's a Hindu there's a Hindu god that is connected with werewolves. So, uh, Rudra, Rudra is the the howler. He's called. He's a form of Shiva, and he's he's red and he he's a hunter and he's he's very much like a berserker kind of god. Um, but he's so because I went looking there as well. It's it's kind of interesting stuff. I found all kinds of fun. I got millions of stories, mythology stories about werewolves and stuff. But the bottom line is like. A lot in ancient history, in the Celts, in, in the in the Vikings, in the the Roman Legion, for example, always went into war with a wolf standard, and that was kept mm -hmm. in the Temple of Mars and, and Ares, and so the the wolf has been connected with war and with defense a lot, and uh, the, no matter all these different cultures, they saw the wolf as the protector. And, and the warriors, like Celtic warriors, were often called wolves. They used the term Ku, C-U, like Ku Tulane, which is a big... Yeah, Ku Tulane, yeah. Ku Tulane. heard of that, yeah. Ku, Ku, Ku means wolf and dog. Like, a lot of people translate that as dog, but, but it's also used for wolf. And I found out in a bunch of Celtic stuff, and a lot of the Celtic tribes, they would, they would honor a warrior by putting the coup in front of it as a werewolf and, and they were translated as werewolves. A lot of druids took the name werewolf, especially when they were fighting the, the, um, the Christian invasion, they took on the term werewolf uh, as, as to show they were pagan, that they were still honoring the old spirits and the old ways and the old gods. I mean, everywhere I turned, it was so weird. I mean, it's so weird because when I started looking at the history, everywhere I turned, I found werewolves. Now, if you look for something, you find it, right? <laughs> but, yeah, but the, still, the old story, the old wife story is if a man seeks blood, he will find it. Right. And if I seek werewolves, I find it. But what was shocking to me was it wasn't hard to find. And that, you know, that it's it's everywhere. and It's in all the myths, but people just don't talk about it much. And it became a Hollywood trope in the 40s. And, and everybody likes the, you know, likes that stuff. But But there's like in a lot of stuff, like Bigfoot, like a lot of stuff. There's, I truly think there's a lot of truth behind it. And, and in, in the werewolf stuff, it's, it comes from shamanism and, and animism, and it's been there forever. 
and it's just percolated in the folk magic, not in the you know the high magic or the church or these. But it was it was the you know it was it, it was a part of the the grassroots religious stuff and magic that people did, and people used it to heal. A lot of times, shamans use it to heal. Well, I mean, if you remember back in, and forgive me, Jeff, uh, if you go back to the D&D, just the game, any creature that changes form, whether it's a magician who polymorphs into a dragon and then back to himself, um, the, the guy who gets, the, the party member who gets bitten by a, a, a werewolf and turns into a wolf at night and comes back, when they when you change back, you heal yourself. When you go back, right. back and forth between forms, you get healing. You get to roll right. dice, how many hit points you get back. So kind of a weird power, but... Um, it, we were talking about movies as well, um, and I don't know if you know much about the Lost Boys, the first Lost Boys. Movie. Oh, of course I do. Are you kidding? Originally, <laughs> the second movie, they were going to do a second movie with that same cast. It never came to fruition, but the second movie was going to be them fighting werewolves. Oh, really? Which, oh, uh, yes. I would, so like, cool. Why didn't you do that? That would have been so I awesome. Know. That was a great movie. Allegedly, there's a new remake of the Lost Boys coming out sometime next year. So we'll see if they do any good. But going into the movies, they they have they have put into the werewolf all kinds of weird powers and right. weird uh like kryptonite type things, weaknesses. So in your research, what's real about the werewolf? I mean, okay. We, we, so, we always see in the in the werewolf movies that you can kill one with silver or a silver bullet. And I think that I think that's kind of a Hollywood thing. Like the original with the, the, with the vampire you know they didn't yeah. they turn into they did they could turn into mist they could control bats and wolves and and other creatures of the night but as it goes on they can't see themselves in mirrors they can't cross you know running water right. they have to bring their own dirt with them to sleep on so a lot of this stuff is is just hollywood crap right right allowed into the myth so what's what what is the powers and the weaknesses of a real werewolf well okay so i again i dug deep and then i went through a lot of the a lot of the mythos stuff and a lot of the the stories and legends that like, like you said, like silver. I, I don't, I don't think silver's, a, I mean, I don't believe in that stuff, but the, the reality is that it came from shamanism. It came from shape-shifting. And then you, so you have to go back to like, why were people shape-shifting? What were they doing? They were, so the, I found there were three basic ways of shape-shifting. One was you would do what, what my group and I do, which was you go into a deep trance state, you, you sink it down, you let your full animal self comes up, come up and when you have that full animal self you have a lot of things you didn't have before you've all heard of people who like their kid gets stuck into a car and they run out they lift the car up or you know or or in in battle like soldiers who have two broken legs will grab two 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 people who are wounded and run off the field things they're not supposed to be able to do right we hear mm -hmm. about this every day and i've yeah. seen stuff like this i've seen it where people do things that they shouldn't be able to physically do but they do it, and then afterwards they're like, "I don't remember. I don't know what happened." Yeah, that's, that's the basis. That. Of, that's the basis of the Incredible Hulk TV show, where he, the, right. Dr. Banner is studying that exact phenomenon. How this eighty-pound woman is able to lift a two-thousand-pound car off right. of her child and save that's his right. life. That's right, and it's real, and it's real. So our automatic nervous system, our body memory, our animal self is what I call it, can do amazing things. But our brain is says, "No, you can't." And if, if you believe in your head you can't do something, you can't do it. And we, we're brainwashed by a certain set of things, you know. By Think about how you were raised and what you were taught and the churches you went to and all the things they said, no, you can't do that. No, that's wrong. So once you once you shut that down, you can do things like I can I, – I, I'm not great at it, 
But when I go into a, into a werewolf state, I can see in the dark 100% better than I could before. Mm-hmm. And when I tell people that, they're like, oh, no, that's not possible. And I said, well, yes, if you think something's not possible, then it's not. And I'm just telling you what I've experienced. And the same thing is when 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 people move into the shapeshift, you're using your etheric body, you're using your what, what this this great uh, historian named Lacantou wrote about. It's called the double. You you have an energetic field. It's not it's not superstitious and it's not magic. It's real. You have you have an you have an aura and we can take photos of it, right? In shapeshifting, you you work with that aura and you you create it in the form of a werewolf. That's what we do. You could probably do anything. And you work on it psychologically and mentally and then when and you work with your uh, your fire center in your gut it's called the dantian or or the the chakra here and build and use that energy use the energy and you create this kind of you create this kind of form what the within what the vikings called wearing the skin right? right and then you go into that and then you shut your brain down and then you can do lots of amazing things so i think i don't think it's particularly um I don't think it's particularly like witchcraft or anything. I think it's just, it's, it's psychological and, and physical and like you being able to, to stop the wind. It's just using, using the energy that you have and the energy of the earth in a way that's positive and useful. Um, but if you believe those things aren't real, then there's nothing, you know, nothing anyone can do. Right? Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's, it's just that they don't think it's real. It, uh, so I, I talk about this all the time on the show. Well, not all the time, but, but frequently when it comes up to scientific uh, uh, methodology. Years and years and years ago, 1957, a lot of things happened in 57. 57, uh, Area 51 was started and, you know, the whole UFO thing. But also a lot of uh, uh, um, oceanographers and, and uh, ocean bio- biologists got together and built the Trieste, a, a diving bell to go to the bottom of the ocean. Then it took them a year to get down there. And they had two camps. They had one side of the of the scientists said we're not going to find anything down there because you know they their minds were locked. They were not going to find anything where it's right. right. The pressure's too great. There's too cold. Right. By the time you right. get down there, the water's no longer water. It's ammonia. Yeah. Yada yada. All these different reasons why they'll find nothing. Then you had the other camp who's more optimistic. They they were like, oh, we're going to find something. We're going to find either bacteria or virology or some kind of simple, simple, simple one cell life forms way down at the bottom of the ocean. What did they find? A million things. Well, since today, but they, they actually found something that amazed both camps when they got to the bottom. They scared a, a flat fish like a sole or a flounder that, that when they got to the bottom, this large fish kicked up the, so much silt they could no longer see. So in, you know, in order to save themselves from like banging into a, the side of the cavern that they were in, they went back up. And since then, we found this enormous ecosystem that has jellyfish. Right. Cartilaginous fish, bony fish, right. Uh, right. crab fish, you know, crustaceans, octopus, every type of animal creature that's up near us is eight miles down. Right. And right. So it's when when scientists say no on this side and yes on this side, guess what the truth is? Somewhere in the middle. Well, or it's mostly yes, actually. <laughs> it's mostly yes, but 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 there, you know, there's there's always an extreme. There's the like I said, there's the guys that said nothing, and the guys that said we'll find one thing or something, and right. you know, we come in the middle, and it's a lot of things. It's a lot and, of things. And it, the, the reason why I think we're, we're inhibited with what the type of stuff you're talking about, the the, the shamanism, getting our minds, you know, in tune with nature. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Anunnaki story, but the Anunnaki yes. were allegedly the the alien space creatures that came to Earth and created the human race. <clears throat> 
when yeah. they first got here, they had a they had a group of, that their own creation called the EGG, which was their worker class. No, I know, I know EGG. I my master's degree is ancient history. Okay, and well, okay, well, my master's so, was about this actually. So, then, oh, good. So then you know what you know you know where I'm going. So the EGG, they were supposed to do all the heavy work, and they 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 rebelled. They said this is the work is too much, and the reason I think is because they they're from another planet. They just the, the ecosystem was too great for them. To actually do the, the work so they said look why don't we make a worker race so they made a worker race which was the, they were humans but not us and so what they did was they they inhibited the brain of these creatures they made but also made them so they could not reproduce but they were stupid they were they, were, they had enough brain to understand you know commands dig that hole go get that do this do the other thing but they were stupid enough to where they were dying too quickly before the, the anunnaki could make more so what they did was they re rethought the experiment and created the Adamu, us. Adamu is, is the first ones who could recreate or reproduce. And But they, they gave us a little bit more brain power, but not our full brain power. And I think that that's where we're having trouble. Is we, ha we have to get past those blockages that the Anunnaki put into our genetics, put into our brains, that we can't access this whole... We've, the, the brain is the largest organ in the body. But we don't use all of it. Do you use all of your heart? And I don't mean in the in the in the emotional side. You, you use your entire heart. If if half your heart doesn't work, you don't live very long. You use both your kidneys. If you lose one, you don't clean your blood as efficiently as you should. You use your whole spleen, your whole kidney, your whole stomach, your whole intestines, every other organ in the body you use to its full capacity, except this. And that's where I think the block is. Well, it could be. Yeah, I I don't know about. But I did a I did a very sort of uh, structured master's degree. I did a, a a comparative study of the sun gods of Mesopotamia and Egypt. And, uh, Igigi or Igigi means gods, just means the gods. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't know about a lot of the stuff you said, but um, I do believe that the brain is is capable of way way more and functions way way differently than people think they do. And I did actually a bunch of neurological stuff, and I, I've got it in werewolf magic about like how how does this work? Like like how do we you know what's going on in the upper cortex and what's going on in the lower cortex and what's going on in other sections? Like you said, there's lot there's many sections we don't use. We know, I mean, um, I've been I've been watching uh, and reading studies about people using psilocybin now for for treatment, mm -hmm. and what they're finding is that it actually repairs dendrites. Yeah. It repairs the interconnections in your brain and opens up parts of the brain that people don't have. They have never uh, used, yeah. They never, well, they don't know how. And so I know that when when my, my group and I go into shape-shifting, we suddenly start using parts of our brain that we don't use because all of a sudden we can see it at night. All of a sudden we can hear things we're not supposed to hear. Mm -hmm. But we're not thinking about it. We're not thinking, oh, I can't hear this or, oh, I can't see in the dark. We're just, we're just existing. And we feel things. I'll tell you a really interesting one. You might you might find interesting. When we shape shift, one of the things that we're we're working on, um, you get to you get to work with your energetic field, and this is what berserkers did too, is they would intensely visualize the form of a bear or a wolf, and they would literally put it on, and then they would enter it, and then they would let their animal self up, and they would become possessed by the bear, right, or possessed by the wolf. So we do that as well. And I tell people when I coach them through it, and it's in my book, visualize what your werewolf would look like. Visualize, like, what color is your fur? What do you look like? like 
the, the more intensely you visualize it, the, you're imprinting the energetic body around you. You're, you're imprinting your brain. And then, and then when, when we shapeshift, we're in that mode. Now, here's what's interesting. I told, the, I told my, my group, I said, don't tell me what you look like. Just do your thing. Just visualize we'll it, hang yeah. out all night. And then, and then, and then, and then when we come back, let's talk about it. So then, so, so we did this. And at the end, we were, we're all sitting around smoking, passing it around and, and, and afterwards and like, like, let's, let's talk about what happened tonight, you know? And I said, tell me what you think I look like as a werewolf. And every single one of them said at the same time, you have black fur with gray. And I said, exactly. And bald on top. <laughs> And then we went, then we went around <laughs> and, you know, and because there's a woman in our group and, and everybody pointed to her and they said, she's, she's a white, she's a white Arctic wolf. And all of us said, you're a white Arctic wolf. And she said, holy moly. Yeah, that's exactly how I, we went around. We nailed every single person, exactly what they looked like as a werewolf. Now, okay. We, we can have several conversations about that, but. What that says to me is that when we're in that state, we are perceiving things that 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 are different from what we normally perceive. And and I, I did this. I've done this with other groups too. I'm like, all right, you tell me, tell me what this, what does he look like when he's shapeshifted? And people nail it every time. <clears throat> no, that's like, that's scientific methodology. You do it once, good guess. Do it twice, okay. Three, four times, then you got you've got a pattern. I but believe. I believe you in also. Science. You also mentioned the Carillion. Well, you said aura photography. It's called Carillion photography. No, I didn't say aura. Well, it's we have an energy field. Right. People call it aura. We do. We do. And, and you can photograph it. Um, can but photograph. I, I would suggest if you haven't done this, I, I, I don't know if you can. And, and I think the Carillion photography actually came out of California. Yeah. Either Caltech or Berkeley, whatever. Cal, one of those Cal, science schools in California. Um. This might be an, an, an ideal uh, experiment is get a group together, however big or small you normally get, and get a Karelian photographer and, and get everyone's photography. Ooh, that'd, be cool. that'd be cool. And then have him photograph you during and then have him photograph you after the, the ritual. I love that, Jay. See that's what brilliant. your auras do during, before, and after. And I'll bet, so you, cool. I'll bet that you I'll bet you your will change. Also, especially I want to see what the aura looks like. Like if it has claws... And a big and fangs that would yeah, be so I, I don't, awesome. It, it won't be that detailed. Yeah. The Carillion photography—I've—I've I've got a degree in video with minors in art history and still photography. And the Carillion photography that I've—I've wow. I've seen and studied is really, really cool. But everyone has a different color. Like like all the Jedi have a different color lightsaber. Right, right, so right. One is purple, blue, green, red, whatever. Everyone's aura is slightly different, and it looks. It looks very much like the the northern or southern lights, like the aurora borealis. It's, right, right, right. It's a it's, it's a wavy pattern, um, and it, it's it's either like a pink or a purple or blue, depending on the person's, I, I guess, uh, whatever aura, whatever their brain is emitting. Because we do emit uh, electro and electromagnetic transmissions, so it depends on the person's wavelengths, what they're thinking, how their brain works, is what the Karelian photography picks up. But if you've seen Karelian photography of plants. Like yes. They'll take a leaf and they'll cut it. Yeah, and yes. it's, it's absolutely accurate. Because yeah. with us, we're just all fuzzy. <clears throat> but if you look at but if you look at somebody's hand or like I've seen one where it's a hand where the guy is missing a finger and the finger is there as a ghost. Mm -hmm. Absolutely clear. So 
there's no i mean it's this is i mean this is interesting stuff and it, when it I really get, is the, the stuff with the plants yeah. is really weird because they take a picture of a leaf a, they, a freshly picked leaf they take the picture of the whole leaf then they cut right. it somewhere and then they right. take another picture and what's been yeah. cut away is still there right which makes sense it's just like the guy who's missing a finger but that's but that but the energy pattern is still there yeah so so I mean, at some point, I'd love to do that with with a group doing werewolf magic because I suspect you're going to have some really big auras that are very strange looking. Um, it would be an interesting experiment, like I said. I would love to see that. I love the idea. I love it. No, I'm all about that stuff because you know, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are involved in occult stuff and and, and witchcraft and everything and paganism, and I and I I worship the the earth and I worship nature, but I also like I'm a big fan of science and. When I did this stuff with looking at you know the history of werewolfism and the, the history of shamans and, and animism and how these werewolf cults existed and were so popular, and I mean, I was asking myself questions like, how can an entire tribe shapeshift for a week? And why do I see that story over and over and over and over again in like 10 different places? And it's because they're all going into this state of consciousness where they shut down their upper cortex and they just they just they just basically act like animals for a week and let loose all that in all those inhibitions, all that stuff. You know Lupercalia? Do you guys know the, the festival Lupercalia? I, I saw, I saw briefly, it. briefly about it, yeah, but I don't know much about it. No. It's, it was the biggest party in the ancient world. It was the biggest festival in Rome. It was five days, the entire Rome, entire Rome, all of it. You know, you're talking, you're talking hundreds of thousands of people had this huge party with massive amounts of like nudity and sex and all and and drinking and all this and it was it was dedicated to the wolf goddess right lupa who founded rome mm-hmm. but the god was called faunus and faunus was the roman pan who also was the god of wolves so i started researching this because it was the priests of this of this festival were called luperci which means werewolf and so the priests were werewolves, and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Then I found the ritual work. They, they had this ritual under the cave before the beginning of the festival where two people were, were blessed and charged as being the werewolves, being the priests. And this whole ritual was done where originally a wolf was sacrificed, and then later a, a, it was a dog. It's the only Roman festival where that, where that happens. And a goat. And they do this whole ritual thing of having these two people the, the, the spirit of the god, the spirit of the wolf goes into them and they go into this, the shape-shifting thing and are probably taking some other things, I don't know what, and they're blessed. And then the goat is killed and then they wear the goat skin and they have strips of the goat. goat. And they go into a trance state, then they, they, they burst forth, run amok, and they go around whipping, usually women I would assume, but probably when men and women, with these, with these thongs, these goat thongs, for fertility. And for and 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 they would get women who wanted to to get pregnant would run up and be either naked or semi naked and get blessed and everybody and this this it turned into a complete wild frenzy debauch for five days. And, People and, wonder why Rome fell. <laughs> well, then what happened? Then when the when Christianity took over, the Pope tried to put an end to it. He's all right. No more of this heathenism. And they wouldn't they wouldn't stop. They wouldn't stop. So he said, all right, we're changing the festival to the festival of the Assumption of the Virgin Mary. That didn't help. So, no. <laughs> so they, they moved the saint of a very obscure 
uh, excuse me, the, the festival of a very obscure saint called St. Valentine to that festival. And that's why we have Valentine's Day on the same day as Lupercalia. <laughs> so St. Valentine's Day, we should all be running around naked, slapping girls with goat thongs and hoping they uh, sleep with us. <laughs> Something along those lines? I don't know. You can, you can slap them wherever you want. Boys I'm and in. girls. Get it, get it organized. I'll join in. <laughs> hey, if girls want to slap me, that's fine. I'm, I'm for whatever. I mean, hey, it works both ways, you know. I mean, everything, everything is, but I just thought it was hilarious reading this, like, so, and then, then I started reading about the different cultures, different like Celtic tribes and Germanic tribes that would have, you know, people would go, or R Russian tribes like Herodotus. So the Nuri every year for a week would all turn into werewolves. I'm like, what does that look like? And then I found the Lupercalia. I'm like, oh, that's what it looks like. <laughs> it's it's like Oktoberfest on steroids with werewolves, you know? <laughs> nice. Is that like Saturnalia or whatever? Saturnalia yeah. or Bacchanalia? Yeah. Oh, I have, I have a bunch. I have a bunch of stuff in here about Saturnalia and about that too. The midwinter, the midwinter festival was very sacred to werewolves because that was the time when wolves bred, and there was this great festival they had where the the werewolf. The anyway, I've got it in my book, but the were this this werewolf. It was the story of this like. They call it the devil, but it wasn't really the devil. He had one hooked foot and one regular foot. And he would go around knocking on doors and making all the werewolves come out. And they had a big party and a big parade. And and it was and it was the stuff was written by a, a bishop who was furious that this this area of, of uh, Lithuania had this festival where all the werewolves would come out and all the Christians would hide and lock the door. And the werewolves would come out and run amok and they would break into the taverns. And drink all the beer, <laughs> and they would steal all the food, and and then when the when the Christmas morning bells would ring at dawn, they would all go back to their farms. And I'm like, oh my god, that just sounds like the best party ever. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, midwinter was the time when the werewolf cults were really big. You know, hey, Krampus. You know about Krampus? Yeah, love that. Love that. Yeah. Where the werewolf werewolf cults used to do that. They used to do Krampus stuff, you know, big festivals and dress and stuff and go out and you know get wild. We, we gotta we gotta revive that definitely. <laughs> yeah, hey, I wanted to I wanted to say something. If you I've been watching Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix oh, yes. by Guillermo del Toro. Yes. It's really yes. good. If you that's one to watch so for Halloween, no matter what you do, watch it as Halloween comes in. They've been releasing two episodes a night. Yep. Yep. There's two more tonight that I have to, I'm called up except for the two tonight. But the first episode was about a storage lot that uh, the dude good. from Oh Brother, uh, Where Art Thou? Uh, now I'm forgetting his name. He's a great Clint. actor. No, the other one. God, I just was, was saying his name over and over. He was in a Billy the Kid movie recently it's, I saw. It's got a great demon, that one. And, yeah. uh, oh, let me get his name. Here. It's a great show. John Turturro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, not him. No, it's the other no, guy. it's not him. Yeah, I don't remember his name either. Uh, but Pinky's model last night was Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Oh, yeah. He's he's going to be in the new uh, Marvel Universe as the uh, the guy with the big green head. Oh. I don't remember which one that is. but well, He's <laughs> one, one of Hulk's uh, mortal enemies. Um, oh, okay. The, the Enigma or something like that. I can't remember his name. He's a good actor. He's in this Billy the Kid Western, too, where it turns out I won't give it away, but it's really good. But uh, 
Anywho, old Henry or something's the Western. But anyway, and also that first episode was like Nazi artifacts and demon summoning. Right, There's right. One episode about a crazy lotion situation with oh, this yeah, lady. That's I didn't like that one. Yeah, yeah that lady's goofy. She reminded me of Mr. Bean, but she uh cuteened up with the lotion. But <laughs> last night, Pigman's mama was really good. Yeah, uh, the Lovecraft Night. Last night was love, HP Lovecraft, Lovecraft Night. The Witch yeah. House was pretty good too. Yeah, yeah they were. Yeah, no, I love Del Toro. I Me love too. Del Toro. Me uh, too. The Pan's Shape Labyrinth. of Water. Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, Pan's Labyrinth. Devil's yeah. Backbone. That was one of Devil's the Devil's Backbone. A very underrated movie that is one of the best movies ever. This show's the way to go if you're looking for something for Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. And uh, if you're looking for something to read on Halloween, I've got two books for you. Yes, Werewolf Magic and Werewolf Pack Magic. I'm hoping, yeah, that's right. And definitely. Yeah, owl. owl. And the other thing uh, I've been reading is Ray Bradbury's The Halloween Tree, and there's also oh, a cartoon one. movie that you can get that's on yeah, DVD. Yeah. I know so both of those. Yes. Those are really good, yeah. Clavicle. Yeah. What can I say? I love all that stuff. It's I, great. I, just, I think it's really fun. Really fun stuff. You ever heard of Al going back? O-W-L going back? He writes horror, native horror books. No. I'll have to send you the show, but he's been around for a while, but we had him on not too long ago. He just did a Werewolf by Night comic for Marvel. Did and you watch a, Werewolf by Night? Yes, that was great. It was hilarious. Yes. Very good. Way I'm, better than I expected it to be. We need more man thing. We need uh, more werewolf by night. I liked it. I, I'm hoping they do some more with that. I'm sorry it was only an hour long. It really ticked me off because it was so fun. And they and they, they got a great guy to play to play the werewolf, and it was great. It was really cool. And yeah, yeah, I've watched it four times. Wow, <laughs> you oh, love that. <laughs> and what can I say? It's good. And for my birthday, I had a party, and the people who were left over at the end. Had to watch Werewolf. Had to watch uh, Werewolf and uh, the Werewolf movie again. So yeah, it's definitely good. It's worth watching. my house for watching that movie. That's the way it is. Any other what's some Werewolf mo movies that you love? What about uh, American Werewolf movie? in London? Yeah, yeah, great movie. Have That's you a seen good movie. movie? Special effects are good. Very which, good. Which where, one? Where? W e r. It's, it's, Let me look it's it up. a French movie, and it's really badass. It's really good. I think I have seen it. Yeah. It's, it's a very serious and uh, very clever and very well done. And it, it, it brings you into a very authentic headspace about it. It's hard to find, but if you find it, I really like that one. Have you guys uh, seen the, have you guys seen the dog soldiers? Oh God. Yes. yes. That's my favorite. It's, it's a good one. Action in terms of like action, that one and the one that's on the train. And I'm trying to remember what it's called. Uh, and the howl. The howl is good. The, yeah, that's the train one, I think. Oh, yeah. is it the Howl? Okay, I believe it's Howl. Just Howl. The British, the British one with the train, where the yeah, uh, yeah, that's really fun. Yeah, I like that. But uh, where is was the uh, most Neil Marshall movie? has a new movie. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've yeah. seen them all. If it's a werewolf, Neil Marshall has a new horror movie coming out today, The Layer. And it's about this soldier lady that somehow gets in this bunker in Afghanistan. And there's like a hybrid alien in it. It's called The Layer. That's wow! It just came out today. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I'm looking. I'm looking for it for sure. Yeah, there's what, not enough good werewolf movies. I've got to say. 
There was Wolves with Jason Momoa. Actually, wasn't that bad. You I like that one. I like it. Jason Momoa makes a very good badass werewolf. I'm he, gonna he's say. a good actor. I mean, I've watched his career watched, since he started yeah. in Stargate. Yeah, I like him a lot. I, I, I saw the his werewolf movie later, and I was like, oh, he's a good werewolf. He's great. I really like that a lot. It was interesting. He's, he's got a feral quality to his face anyway. When he's, when he's, he's got his, his beard, he looks kind of werewolfy. He definitely totally does. He's got that look. Yeah, that's right. So, Denny, have you had any paranormal or UFO type experiences or anything paranormal? I have had a, a several, and uh, so all right, I'll tell you my uh, I'll tell you my UFO one if you want. And I don't we got know. about twelve minutes, so all right, I'll make yeah. it very fast. Very fast. I was working at a, a live-in um, youth home for at-risk who were on their most of these people were on their way to uh, to juvie, juvie prison. Because they had, you know, they were stealing cars and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we had a, we had a sort of, it wasn't fully locked down, but we, we had a, a unit in the woods, you know, there were several of them and we were trying to get them steered towards something better, right? So I were, I lived there seven days on, three days off. It was the middle of the woods um, in Silverdale, which is in the middle of nowhere on an island in the south. And uh, I was, a friend of mine came to visit and uh, she and I were jogging. And uh, the only escape I had from these kids constantly around me was to go jogging in the woods. And there was a big old cemetery behind it, an abandoned cemetery. So we went jogging just so we could get a break from, from all the kids. And uh, we're up in the cemetery and we're jogging around and it's pitch black. There's no lights anywhere, right? We're in the woods and there's like literally no lights. And we sort of stop and we're sitting and we're talking, we're leaning against a headstone. All of a sudden, like that, this light comes down from above us. No sound, no rotor, no helicopter, nothing. Just silence, and then all of a sudden, this light comes down. Lit up so bright you couldn't look up. Lit up the cemetery so brightly that you could read the headstones. I never had never seen anything like this before. And we couldn't look up, and we're looking at each other like, what the fuck is this? Excuse me. What the, what the heck it's is okay. this? okay. It catched it. Okay. I'm like, what is this? You know, and we're, and we're both paralyzed, like, whoa. So then we look and, 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 and we, we sort of try to look at it and all of a sudden it goes, whoop, and the light's gone. And we look straight up and we see a little bright, a light, a bright light up in the sky. And all of a sudden it moves, it moves, it moves and whoosh, gone. Okay. So. We, we both look at each other. We, we, we had like a flashlight. We opened up the flashlight. You know, we turned on the flashlight. And I said, before we say anything, let's just check our, our what, like science, right? I will tell you what I saw. You tell me what you saw. Let's see if we saw the same thing. And we went through it and we were like, check, 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 check. All right. So we all saw the same thing. The next day, we both had sunburns. Wow. Okay. And so, so the question is, because I do like to try to be scientific, the question is, was it an alien? Is it an alien vessel or was it a U.S. Air Force secret ops? Something. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know, but that's my UFO story. And I'm nice. Well, thanks for sharing it. One thing that I love is uh, 
UFO Sasquatch encounters. And there's Stan Gordon in Pennsylvania that's like this dead serious dude that shares all these crazy stories about it. There's some big story, some town that had a weird one with uh, Sasquatch and UFOs. And the military came out and all this. And the town's like known for it. If you sit, check out those small town monsters documentaries, if you yep, they've been them. doing some good Bigfoots. I've had him on and I have another guy that wrote a book, Bruce Hollenbach, coming on about a place up in Hudson Valley, Sleepy Hollow paranormal and bigfoot stuff in january looking forward to that but anyway uh if you look at i have a kawani leporitis on and he tells stories of bigfoot and portals and dog man and bigfoot like fights like they have kind of like a a quarrel i don't know if they all do but he's dead serious about that. this stuff but uh i would I'm just, see that yeah yeah i'm gonna yeah. no, on the sasquatches i'm a huge sasquatch fan and I'm, I'm going to say, look, if it's going to be an all-out like, like <laughs> fight, I'm going to lay yeah. money on the Sasquatches. They are badass. For sure. So, but it I, definitely I, I, gets I, weird on you know, so many different levels with this dog man and Bigfoot so stuff. I love it. it. And throw right. in some and UFOs. I, <laughs> I, I honestly think, I don't know about the dog man or, or were, the werewolf stuff, but I do, I do think that there are people who can shapeshift, and I do think there are people who and and the question that kept coming up for me over and over again, and I'll kind of end with this, is uh, okay. is like, how come for thousands for you know thousands of years, several hundred at least through Western culture, people have seen werewolves, like how how do they see them? And I think I figured it out. And at the end of this, if you if you get to the end of this, the last thing in the last part of the book is what does it look like when somebody takes their energy field, goes into a coma projects their consciousness into this werewolf energy and then and walks as a werewolf because in every culture certain things have been have been said and you can you can correlate them one when a person shifts into a werewolf form you, their eyes stay human like every single culture says the same thing you can look at the eyes and say oh that's those aren't wolf eyes that's a human eye the second thing is is that when someone and there's lots of stories and i have them in here historically cited stories of people who who stab a werewolf or shoot a werewolf they track down the person and they find them in bed with the exact same wound like like there, there's just like over and over again you hear the same sorts of things my general my general thesis on this is that they they go into and then i found some stuff from slavic there's a lot of slavic stuff about werewolves that i didn't know and this kind of pieced into it that people would go in the part of the shamanic stuff is not just working through it and having the animal self come through you, but also you go into a trance state, like literally a coma, leave and, and move yourself out of the body and then can be seen, but can also be injured. So anyway, this is all interesting stuff. I don't know what to say about it. I do say in my book, don't try this at home, kids, because yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to go into a trance. Like the last part of the book, I said, this is the third level of shapeshifting. I'm not going to do it. You shouldn't do it because because yeah. it, it took it takes shamans. I've talked to shamans. It takes them decades to do this kind of stuff, to go into the underworld, to leave their body and look for caribou. Yeah. Right. And I've talked to these people. Says, yeah, to, to one, of, one of the points you made, which I found interesting, is in, in, in going back to the we, we mentioned briefly the, the Incredible Hulk TV series uh, when he first changes into the Hulk. He scares a hunter and his son, and the hunter shoots him in the arm. And then when he goes back to his lab and, and regresses back to human form, he's got the same wound. It's, it's healed partially, but he's got it's in the same place. 
Right. Um, you know, the, the hunter doesn't track him back and see that wound and realize, oh, this big green monster is right. this little tiny scientist dude. But you as the viewer go, yeah, uh, yeah. wow. It's logical. <laughs> so, it's logical. And, mm -hmm. and you, I found this in Roman stuff, Greek stuff, Norse stuff, Celtic stuff, the exact same stories of, you know, they cut the paw off the wolf and then the guy goes back. And his and wife is in that same hand or that same did you, did you ever get it? We don't have much longer, but uh, Skinwalkers is pretty interesting. If you look at Skinwalker Ranch and where they had the wolf sighting and shot at it and all that stuff. But that's uh, they just did a sequel to that book, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon, where the military went out to really? that place with Bigelow. Yeah, there's a sequel to the book, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. You know, Hunt for the Skinwalker, the first book. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a sequel. And wow. supposedly military, it's uh, George Knapp and Kelliger, whatever his name is, but supposedly the military went out to that ranch with Bigelow and came back to their homes and had phenomenon happen and felt their children were they, in they danger. They brought the phenomenon back with them, yeah. And uh, I know the skinwalkers, some of them have been, been seen as like weird native kind of creepy ghosts, but there's also some wolf imagery there that's kind of creepy. Right. I interviewed right. a guy, J.C. Johnson, that said you have to kill one of your own members of your family or something. That's what the Navajo thing, and that's how you become one yeah, to do some yeah. act of evil. If, but if that's stuff that gets yeah. scary. I, I left I left out skinwalkers because um, I respect Native Americans. I respect the, what they say. A lot of the information I got about shapeshifting was different. Yeah. But if you go into the, the Western tribes – Shapeshifters are considered evil, and so I don't. Yeah. Same in voodoo, because I have friends who are deeply into voodoo, and uh, the uh, loop garu in, in voodoo is, is considered not. It's considered like an evil spirit. So yeah. I stay away from. I stick with. That's the West probably food. best in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> I say s walker most of the time because I just don't even want to say the word. You know, no, s walker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. It's probably but, wise. But Denny, it's been uh, amazing. We love you here. Power oh, to the world people, power to the earth. What is your website? Oh. And you got about four minutes. So oh, I don't know what to say, but if people are interested, <laughs> if people are interested, I mean I have the two books. This one is is on its tenth printing, I think. And then this one is coming out now. And this is really for if you want to work with a group. And I actually hadn't planned on that, but I ended up doing it because um I found that working with a group is one, it's way fun Two, it's way more powerful and you, you get stuff done better and move. I don't know. It's the magic is perfect. Plus there's a ton of stuff in here. One of the things I've got in here is I've got a, I, I've got, um, I'm going to have, I have an Oracle deck, which I'm now publishing. Uh, and it's now for sale. You've got to, um, if you go to my website or you go to my Facebook page, it's Denny Sargent author. So if people are interested in contacting me, I have all kinds of people contacting me. And and I respond to everybody. If somebody writes me and says, I think I'm a wolf, can you tell me about that? What's, like, sure. what's the Oracle set? Is that something coming out or it's already out? It's already out, and but you have to, it's print on demand. It's called the Werewolf Magic Oracle. Wow. And it's, a, it's a deck. Yeah, I can run and get it, but I think by the time I go. No, I'm going to get, I, when I get paid, I got to pick that up for sure. Yeah, if you go to my web, if you go to Denny Sergeant Author, that I have my own author page and I have it right there. How to get it? You just click it, and you and you buy it. It's like twenty bucks or something. But it actually it actually looks pretty good. I'm pretty happy. I'll and a lot of out. more more things are coming. And I'm busy writing my third book, which is called Feral Magic. I'm going to take everything I learned from Werewolf Magic in terms of how do you do it, strategy, procedure, 
because I have a lot of people coming to me saying, well, I, I am connected with the spirit of a tiger. I'm connected to the spirit of an elephant or how can I do the same sort of things? And I was like, hmm, I don't know. Why not? So that's what I'm writing a book on like people. I'm, I'm calling it neo neo animism is what I'm calling what I'm doing now. Awesome. Okay? And opening it up for people who want to work with animal spirits in other ways. Okay. Did you see that new monsters with the black werewolf guy? It was pretty funny. Yeah, the Rob Zombie. It's worth the watch, but some oh, okay. it's hard to watch. The monsters. I, love Rob I do too. Oh. I do too. It's worth the watch, but some parts I'm like, my God, am I going to make it through this? Like it's got its ups and downs, but there's a black dude. That's a werewolf that I love. They need to give him a show. It's worth the watch. It's worth the watch, but yes, yeah, like fun. As with anything he does, it causes a stir and divides people. But I love his music. I love I love oh, movies. Well, Denny, it's been great. Will you give us a, a howl before you leave? We want to hear. Oh, sure, story. sure. I mean, I'll give you the full on if you want. So yeah, please. So. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful now. <laughs> yeah, don't pop along. Oh. Loved it. Thank you. We appreciate it so much. We'll stay in the loop and get you on again. We loved it. You're the Halloween show, baby. You're the man. All right. <laughs> Have a great one. Americans are too bloody. I don't know. Cage. Get out there. You're right. Get in the woods. Howl. Run amok. Be normal. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thanks so much, everybody. You've listened to the Halloween show at the Church of Mabus. You're listening to United Public Radio 107.7 FM, New Orleans. Everybody have a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Three days away. Come to if you want to get a hold of me. I'm right there. Stay in touch, man. Good well, night. Take good care, night. everybody. So much. Take care, brother. All right, brother truckers, have a good one. Happy Halloween. Good night, everybody. Good night. Sweet prince. Good night.